If you're an executive, entrepreneur, seasoned investor, or just a student of the game, you'll love The Great Fail, Adweek's Entrepreneurship Podcast of the Year, a show that artfully uncovers some of the biggest fails in business history and how it might have been prevented. The Great Fail is entertaining, informative, and told through a true crime narrative in under 30 minutes that keeps you at the edge of your seats. So check out The Great Fail wherever you get your podcast. At the time of this recording, out of the top 100 podcasts, 19 are hosted solely by women. An additional 14 shows are co-hosted by women, meaning only 33 of the top 100 shows include female hosts. For additional context, women make up 51% of the U.S. population. Obviously, there's a disparity here. In this episode of On the Mic with Ad Results Media, Lisa Jacobs and I are joined by Christina Harrow and Stephanie Jens of Wondery, as we continue our conversation surrounding women in podcasting, we discuss inspiring women, advocating for yourself, and taking a leap of faith. So let's get started. I think having grit is, is really important and be willing to fail. Uh, I was actually the first woman employee at Wondery. I am so ready. I'm so excited about this. You know, the very beginning, we were a very female-forward network. Thank you guys for joining us so much on today's episode discussing women in podcasting. I like to kind of start off the episodes with introductions, so if you wouldn't mind introducing yourselves to our audience, that would be awesome. First off, thank you so much, Lindsay and team, for inviting me and us to participate in this conversation. Uh, it's super excited to be a part of it. I feel pretty special and VIP to have made it to the Ed Results podcast. Thank you. Um, yeah, so my name is Christina Haro. I'm VP of Brand Partnerships over at Wondery. I've been there for close to four and a half years now and um, been there since very early days, since the very beginning. Uh, when it was about five of us, actually. And fun fact, in the, in the spirit of this conversation, uh, I was actually the first woman employed at Wondery. So yeah, I always like to share that little fact. And uh, prior to that, I was in TV ad sales over at Univision, was working there for quite some time. That's essentially where I got my start. I was an intern, moved my way up on the sales, sales team, loved it. And uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Uh, I just want to echo, I'm really excited to be here talking about women in, in podcasting. So thank you for inviting us. Um, my name is Stephanie Jens. I'm the VP of new shows at Wondery. And I work in the division where we have always on. So a cadence where it airs every week. So I don't, I'm not the head of the miniseries department. You've probably heard a lot about a lot of our miniseries. I'm in the, the always on realm of shows. So I have been there, gosh, almost two and a half years now. So not as long as Christina, but long enough to see the company grow, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of growth for lots of podcasting companies just in the past handful of years. So how did you guys find yourselves in the podcasting space? My commute. <laughs> at Univision, while I worked there, I had a pretty long commute. It was about at least an hour each way, sometimes up to an hour and a half each way. So, and I'm just a very curious person by nature and I love to learn. And so the best way to sit on the 405, I figured was to listen to podcasts. And so once I discovered them, I just wanted more and more and more. And so by the time I would get to work, 
every morning I would have all these stories and would be geeking out. There were a couple other people in the office that also like podcasts. Um, but yeah, that's really when my interest for podcasts started. And, um, and then I became connected or I got connected to her nun and I just fell in love with his vision and everything he wanted to build for one degree. And so I took the leap and I joined him to kind of start the sales efforts at Wondery. And um, kind of funny story during that time, I used to listen to Girlboss Radio a ton. I listened to all the interviews and everything. And I loved all the guests that she had on. So when I decided to leave this quote unquote corporate job um, and take the leap and join this like four person startup at Wondery, I, I tweeted uh, Girl Boss Radio because she would give shout outs every week on her weekly segment of Girl Boss Moment. Um, so I was excited and, and hoping for a shout out. I didn't get it, but it's all good. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I was very excited to jump into podcasts and it's been so much fun ever since. So I actually come in, you guys, by the way of television. Um, I worked in unscripted documentary and reality for, um, gosh, like 15 years. And I really loved it. I worked across a lot of different networks and genres. There were, you know, History Channel, TLC, PBS, Food Network, Nat Geo, Sundance, and a lot of different types of shows. And what brought me into podcasting is, is two things, really. Um, what I saw over time in television is, is recently younger viewers who basically, as you guys probably know, uh, are the, the target demo of advertising dollars in television, started peeling away and unplugging. And what I noticed is the network started to get scared. They started reducing budgets and sort of micromanaging quite a lot. And um, that's what it felt like to me. And I think sort of they were scared, you know, they were scared of what to do. And I think you don't take risks when you're afraid. Um, understandably, because they could lose their jobs if they took a risk and it didn't pay off. Meanwhile, I'm watching the world of storytelling grow in places like Netflix and Amazon and Hulu are opening up new markets, taking risks. Digital content was having a resurgence. And then there was a little thing called podcasting, <laughs> which to me felt like the wild west of storytelling, even though you know, folks have been creating podcasts since like what, like the early 2000s or something. But, um, but what was exciting to me is that like, unlike television, you could, you could make something yourself. You can have an idea, learn how to operate a recorder, you know, get a mic and teach yourself editing on a simple platform like, like Hindenburg. And you could have something cool at the end. So for me, when I decided to make the leap, I just started teaching myself but I also started educating myself on the business and the bigger companies in the market. And when I saw Wondery and what Wondery was doing, I started checking their jobs for it all the time. Um, and here I am two and a half years later in the world of podcasting and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love that you both come from a, a TV background. It's, I'm sure it's common on, on the network side. Um, so you, Christine, you mentioned the that girl boss radio. Um, I was wondering for both of you, what women have inspired you most, both professionally and personally, whether they have podcasts or not? Yeah, so I'll start with the personal side. Um, I've, I've been very fortunate to be surrounded by a group of amazing women. I have two older sisters who are eight and nine years older than me, who I was lucky enough to, or I am lucky enough to have a very close relationship with. I'm also very close to my brothers. 
Um, but just having them as kind of like a guidance throughout my life has really helped. And also my mom, like I, you know, she's just like this pillar of just positivity and she's funny and lighthearted. And uh, her and my dad came to this country at a very young age as immigrants with hardly anything. And, um, you know, they've been able to build a very successful business and a strong foundation for our family. And they're constantly learning. And, and despite it all, even through the tough times, my mom has always had this ability to be funny and lighthearted and positive, um, very solutions oriented, I, as I imagine most moms are. Um, so she's, she's really been kind of this little voice in my head every day. Um, even though they're not going through, you know, tough times that they went through, uh, it's just kind of a reminder that they did it. And so it's kind of like in a way paying back, um, just kind of doing it for them. So, yeah. Well, I mean, of course, Michelle Obama, who now, now has a podcast is probably inspirational to, to all of us. Um, but, you know, it's really interesting. Um, one of the podcasts that, that I worked on is called Imagine Life, and it's told entirely in the second person. And it's stories about real people, but we only reveal who you are at the end, right? And I've had the opportunity to research and work on some really cool stories around women and things that I didn't know about them that I've now, now come to really, um, I find inspiring for different reasons. And one of them, believe it or not, is, is Yoko Ono, who was incredibly brave not only did she have a really tough life growing up, which I think a lot of people don't know about growing up in Japan, but the vision that she had to, to break away from that culture and be your own person with all the negative feedback that she got and to be this really kind of trailblazing artist, I find her really um, inspiring uh, from, from far away people that I don't know. Um, we did a story on Maya Angelou who like just touched, it really touched my heart. Like this woman is so incredibly, was so incredibly accomplished and so graceful in what she did. Um, I think Cheryl, I think Cheryl Sandberg's really brave. I, I mean, brave women who, who handle their strength with this grace, like always inspire me. Um, you know, closer to home, I've had some interesting showrunners that I've worked with in television. Um, Showrunners are predominantly male in television, but I've had a couple that I worked with that I that I really that really inspired me um, through the way they led, and um, you know, and then at Wondery, you know, Jen Jen Sargent's our COO, and she's got a really strong vision and an ability to articulate goals. And then Lori Pratcher, our head of sales, is such a go-getter. But my mom too. I mean, I think don't we all admire our moms? <laughs> I mean, it's like. My mom always encouraged me to be who I wanted. I was lucky. I didn't have my parents telling me who I should be, but trying to find out who I was encouraging me to be more of that. So. And then I have a whole host of women podcasters that I can't wait to talk about that I'm crazy about who inspire me. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's really great to hear both of your perspectives on that. And you, you both touched on something, how you're inspired by women who have really overcome difficulties with grace and strength. So I'm curious to hear from each of your perspectives. Have either of you hit any roadblocks in your career, whether it's because you're a woman or not, that uh, you kind of leveraged your, your inspiration for? It could have been a big roadblock, and I think it is a big roadblock for 
many, many women, but I think very early on, I had to learn how to advocate for myself and not only that, but be okay with it. Cause that's like a two part, um, skill that women need to learn, especially growing up in a culture where humility is valued, where, um, you know, talking about your strengths and what you bring to the table and being proud about it is kind of looked at as showing off in a way. Um, at a very young age, I had a, a mentor actually, when I started at Univision, I had a mentor who, you know, she explained to me and taught me that you have to clap for yourself. You have to advocate for yourself. You have to find your voice. Otherwise no one else is. So if you don't learn how to hone in on your skills, what you bring to the table, your value and your worth, no one else is going to, is going to bring it up. Um, so it's during those moments that I, I learned how to do that. And I think that's an ongoing process uh, because you find yourself in new and in different situations all the time. You find yourself with new teams, new bosses, um, that you're constantly learning how to navigate that conversation with, you know, depending on the scenario. Um, so that's something that I've, you know, thankfully have been able to, to learn and to hone in on and, and be able to execute. That's really cool, Christine. I didn't know that about you. <laughs> I'm going to add you to my list of women who inspire me. That's cool. There's <laughs> definitely a way to kind of keep your cool, but internally you, you kind of have to give yourself that pep talk that you need um, in those situations when you're stepping into that room and you, you are building your case on why you want that raise and why you want that promotion, all of that. And all that is valid. I think that's what a lot of of women can sometimes struggle to find. Like it's kind of hard to, to have those conversations. Um, so that that's kind of one of the things that I've, I've overcome. And I think in general, just the fear of failure. I think that's one that we hear a lot. It's, you know, it sounds a little cliche, but that's, that's usually a big roadblock for a lot of women and a lot of people in general of being able to take that next step and take risks. Um, so again, constantly trying to work on that. Well, as I told you guys, like the bulk of my career up until this point was spent in television and, and I freelanced my, my whole life. So you're always the new kid in school every time you come to a new job and a new job can last anywhere from, you know, three months to eight months. Um, and so you, you have to establish relationships quickly and size up a situation and adapt to the organization that you're working for. Um, and I think that that can be challenging, figuring out what is the fit for me as a human, what feels good for me versus wanting to do a good job and fit into the environment to be able to do what they need to be done. And sometimes there's a dichotomy there. Like, I think what's what, what's a fit for one person isn't a fit for, for all necessarily. But I, I do think, <clears throat> I do think it was challenging to make the leap from step to step. I started as a production assistant and I ended as a co-EP, which is a, a co-show runner. And every step of the way I had to fight um, for it. And um, I think, although, you know, in talking about like sort of what I, what I learned is, is, is truly owning your strength. Like you, you, you can't be afraid to talk about money or what you deserve or your title. Um, and showing how you did it, having having reasons for for why 
it's time to move up for you. And I think, I think having grit is, is really important and be willing to fail. You know, like I worked even at television, I did a lot of pilots and, and first seasons. That's what I like doing best. Like once the season was up and running, I'm like, what's next? But there's also risk there and, and that's scary. And I think, um, you know, not every pilot's gonna be a hit. So sometimes that can be a roadblock. I've also had a couple of shows that were, that were challenging, frankly, you know, that tended to be all men and, and trying to fit into that. It didn't feel like a fit. It felt like what I said earlier, like be, having to adapt, like it, that was challenging for me. It didn't feel like me, you know? Y'all have hit on so many points that really hit home for me, especially just the overall idea of risk. I know, you know, as a woman, I have been told not to rock the boat or I need to be the more stable uh, part of the relationship, uh, you know, whether that be like professionally or at home. So you're you kind of hold back in, in asking for what you want, because what if you're punished for that or, you know, now. Yeah, just overall, just not rocking the boat. So that that really hits home. That's something that I've personally also had to kind of come to grips with over the years. It's a really good way of wording it, Lindsay, not rock the boat or being afraid you'll be punished somehow if you do, you know. To kind of piggyback off of this, do y'all feel that women in the space have added pressure to perform or to to meet certain expectations that maybe aren't placed on men in the podcasting space? Yeah, I mean, I can take the, you know, kind of like taking a step back and this goes across a lot of different industries, I think, as I as I think about this question and this topic, I, I think it, there is pressure, especially during those formative years of of deciding whether or not to have children, you know, with your partner. I have several very, very close friends who are new moms. I have, like I mentioned, I have two older sisters who are moms. And one of the biggest factors of that conversation and of that decision is directly tied to their career. And so I think it's great to see that more men are taking time off during those, those, times as well to be at home to help as much as possible, especially right now with everything going on with virtual learning. It's great to, to hear those stories, but I think there's definitely room to grow because one of the things that women that I've seen have to contemplate is will my career be there when I'm ready to jump back in? You know, do I have the opportunity to even take some time off to try and raise my children and you know, advance the human race, which is kind of like an important thing. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of grappling with that. And, and, you know, while men don't necessarily need to think about taking a pause in their career, I mean, their trajectory is up and onward and keep it going. I mean, they don't, they don't need to, to factor that in um, a lot of times. So I, I think there is this pressure. And I also question whether this, um, you know, can also be a part of a personality trait. Do women put that pressure on themselves? Where does that come from? Is that pressure coming from external factors that are socially constructed? And that's why we place the pressure on ourselves because we don't want any reason at all for people to be able to point the finger and say, oh, well, the quality of the work diminished or performance is lower, um, right? And so I feel like there is that, that's, 
pressure that we get both internally and externally? I think it's a really, I think it's a really interesting question overall. I don't know if I can speak particularly to the podcast space, you guys, because I've only, my only experience is at Wondery. And I've had a good experience here to be perfectly authentic and candid. But in general, I think what I've noticed with me and my female friends and, you know, even in the creative realms, again, predominantly in television, I don't know if there's added pressure to perform per se, meaning like, I don't know if women are expected to do more than their male colleagues or do it better, but I do think there's added pressure to behave a certain way that can sometimes feel inauthentic. Like if women are strong and direct, I think sometimes they're seen or they worry about being seen as bitchy. Like where if men are strong and direct, it's just expected and accepted. And I think it's a tough balancing act if you're a woman in a position where you're managing people or you're expected to drive a project and trying to figure out the balance for how to get the best out of your teams and who are you and how do you move the project forward. I guess I feel like you know, this doesn't mean it's true, but I, I, I kind of think men are naturally accorded respect when they come into a job and it's theirs to lose, where women can sometimes come into an organization and they have to earn it and prove that, that they're worthy of the respect. And I think that kind of, whether it's self-perceived or real, can create a pressure on, that results in having, trying to overperform or overachieve or overprove. But again, those are just my experiences. And, yeah, I personally have received a lot of feedback in my career that I'm direct and I need to soften my language and whatnot. And I have over the years, but I, I still I still default to the direct method. And I, I am curious if a male in my position would have received similar feedback. Um, when you were talking about women having to kind of prove themselves that that really resonates. I, I've done a lot of reading on the subject as a woman in, in business. And I, I've seen that studies have proven that men will always, you know, go for jobs that are, that are way overqualified for, and women will only apply for ones that uh, they're overqualified for, and then have to, and then feel that same pressure to continue to prove themselves. And I'm curious if that extends into podcasts. If you guys have seen that women-based shows are overlooked more often, or maybe they don't come in with the same, I deserve this attitude. Yeah, I mean, I think at Wondery, and again, just to kind of echo Stephanie's point earlier, like I've had a very positive experience at Wondery and I've been there since the early days. And so I can kind of speak to, to that chapter um, of Wondery. And, um, you know, we were very fortunate to be in a position where we got some of the biggest true crime shows very early on. And as we all know, true crime shows skew heavily female. So we became this destination hub for female listeners who were looking for that great content. And so from, the, you know, the very beginning, we were a very female forward network. Of course, over the years, we've diversified our programming and now we have shows that skew, you know, 80% male or more. And we have across all genres, business, personal growth, um, news, of course. So we've, we've expanded our slate, but I think being able to, you know, kind of have our foundation as female forward has really set the rest of our, um, of our slate and our listenership. 
Um, but you know, we have some great shows that are female forward, um, like Dying for Sex. I don't know if you all listen to it, but that's like one of my favorite. Um, you know, we, we're launching Carla Hall in mid-September, which is all about, you know, encouraging women to say yes and uh, be more open to opportunities and taking risks. We have shows, our partner shows like Bachelor Happy Hour, Jillian Michaels. So, I mean, just speaking from perspective from Wondery, and again, I've only been at Wondery, um, you know, we haven't had to overcome that as an issue. That hasn't been a challenge for us. It's been the contrary, which has been really, really great. And Stephanie, you could probably talk more about that. Yeah, I would. I think that's really well worded and true. Like um, in new shows, I do, you know, hear a lot of pitches and i i think yeah i don't i think at least at wondery we're we're always interested in female hosts and i get excited about an opportunity to work with women in a different way like one of our newest ones is even the rich with arisha skidmore williams and brooke sifrin who are improv comics and to be able to work with women who are funny and a storytelling medium because they're essentially telling stories about like crazy family dynasties like that's cool and like uh, and like Christina mentioned, say yes, that's an interview show. Um, so there are, there's like different genres outside of true crime, you know, cause you, you know, even though women for whatever reason gravitate toward that, there's a lot of other shows I like too, right? But like in general, when I think about it and I look at like the Apple charts and, and again, I'm not an expert, like it does seem like there's more of a preponderance of male chat shows than you know, Joe Rogan, Mark Maron, Jack Shepard, Bill Simmons, that kind of stuff. And, and of course we can always point to exceptions, you know, like Rachel Maddow or Kara Swisher or the gals from Color Daddy. But I wonder if it's also like a listening thing. I wonder if men like chat shows more. And I mean, in the, the chat shows are, are different, you know, they feel different. Um, so yeah, it's a really great question, you guys. I, I don't know that I know the answer though. <laughs> yeah, those are all things that that Lindsay and I have chatted about and pondered over like where, what came first? Was it the audience or the show that skewed male? So yeah, you can get into a very circular conversation about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm curious, maybe you guys know like how Serial broke out in terms of listenership, if it was more female, male or evenly divided, you know, cause obviously that was such a, a moment for podcasting, you know? And a female hosted podcast. Yeah, that was such a breakout moment. Yeah, exactly. So Stephanie, to your favorite part, so beyond the ones that you guys have already mentioned, what are some of your favorite female-centered podcasts? I am so ready. I'm so excited about this. Um, and I want to hear what you guys are too, okay? Um, I know we're supposed to be talking to us, but I'm really super curious. I love Anna Sale, Death, Sex, and Money. I think... I love her voice. I love her casual interview style. She knows how to make a guest feel comfortable. She's not afraid to show vulnerability. Um, I think Hannah Jaffe Waltz is an amazing, excellent, excellent reporter. I was blown away by her takeover of This American Life to do Five Women, like the, the incredible kind of Me Too story about five women who were affected by encounters with one male boss. But told from the perspective of their own histories and how that shaped their reaction to this one single person. And I thought it was such a great opportunity to, to give voice to unique perspectives of different women and, and, it, and make it, and it's okay, you know? 
Um, I think there's so many creative things being done out there. I don't know if you guys listen to Michelle Parisi's Alone, A Love Story, which is CBC. It's her personal journey through divorce and trying to find love again. And it's so raw and honest and vulnerable and creative and different. Um, I kind of think like Leah Tao paved the way for kind of vulnerability in her Strangers podcast. Caitlin Prest is amazing on the heart. Um, I don't know, Honor Eastley is doing really creative stuff in sound design. She won Third Coast last year, or won a big award in, in Third Coast. Um, Believed, Lindsay Smith, Kate Wells, and Believed, like they just brought, I thought, a different voice to it. Like they were, they were really professional reporters, but they also brought something else. And I think like what I really like is authenticity in podcasting. And I feel, you know, Marlo Mack, how to be a girl, like, you know, women are bringing something to the space that's so unique and cool and exciting and different. And even like with sound design, like a lot of these women are taking risks with sound design. And that's really inspiring too, because that's a medium we're in, you know, how do you tell a story with audio instead of pictures? So, and in the dark, those producers are amazing. <laughs> Sorry. You are so well listened. I don't know if that's the, the terminology, but you just blew my mind with all of those ones that you, you rattled off and are listening to. Yeah, same. I mean, I, I don't know if I can top that, Stephanie. Like, you're very well listened, which is great. I'm like over here jotting down all these podcasts that you just, you just called out. Um, so, I mean, I think you, you mentioned earlier, Stephanie, the Michelle Obama podcast. I think that obviously could not have come at a better time. And I know that's probably strategically how they, they mapped it out to launch and everything. But um, she's just so great. She's so raw and vulnerable. And I think it's really refreshing to see how she's opening up and being able to peel back that curtain. I mean, she did it in her book. She did it in the documentary. Um, but just getting to see an even deeper side to her um is really really helpful you know just amid what we're going through um as a country um and you know just all around the world with the pandemic right um so i've been listening to that also i mentioned before dying for sex that you know is a limited series and it's over but that really just it took you through so many different emotions um, and that one, you know, makes, makes you laugh, makes you cry. Um, it's very sad and lighthearted. Um, and just the way that, you know, of course, you know, it's, it's a wondering show. So the, the sound design is always really, really strong. Um, but I really enjoyed listening to that. And it's one that I feel like I can listen to again. Um, and then just kind of like on a, like I mentioned before, I'm a very curious person. I love to learn things. And I'm always trying to gain knowledge. And so um, Secrets of Wealthy Women, Stephanie, to your point, we got to be less afraid of talking about money. And this one is uh, the Wall Street Journal. And it's it's so good. It's just, you know, she interviews the, the host, Veronica Dagger. She interviews a bunch of different women and their career challenges that they had to face from founders to doctors to journalists to, I mean, she just had like Vanessa Williams on and I had no idea that like she had written books and all these things. So very, you know, I, I like that podcast because it's inspirational along the way. So those are, those are kind of the, the three that I'm, I'm listening to right now, but I will start to listen to all of those that you mentioned, Stephanie. What about you guys, Lindsay and Lisa? Are, we, are you allowed to talk about what you like? Um, I do have two that I go back to weekly, um, and that's Crime Junkie, of course. I'm I'm on the true crime uh, kick. 
Um, I listen to them every week. And I also listen to That's So Retrograde, um, <laughs> which they talk a lot about um, lifestyle and um, just kind of overall wellness. But they also throw in some kind of new agey, like they talk about feng shui and using crystals. And, um, you know, it's a lot of the fun stuff that I'm also kind of into in my life. So I like listening to uh, other successful women talk about how they also collect crystals around their house. (laughs) One of our sellers, Julia, Julia Kelly, she's really big into crystals and everything too. And I remember her and I were trying like, why don't we get a podcast from like, you know, meditation and, and crystals and energy and all that. So there's definitely a market for that. Mine definitely change week to week, month to month. Um, right now, what I'm listening to most is This Is Love. I just absolutely love her voice and the stories from, you know, about wolf packs to whales to different types of love. Um, and then recently, I've been really into the lady gang as well. I think what you were talking about earlier, that raw, authentic don't hold anything back. They're, they're good week, bad week. Every episode is just, it's very relatable. Um, so those are, those are the two that I'm listening to the most right now. Yes. I, I love learning about new things that I can listen to. What else can I add to the rotation? So we've talked about what we're listening to currently. Are there any stories or representation that you would like to see moving forward? Yeah, I, I think on my end, I would love to see more stories and, and podcasts around, um, you know, women of color, specifically Latinas. Um, I think that's an area where we can definitely grow, um, especially with how the Hispanic community across the country is just such a huge force. There's so many stories out there that we can really bring into the podcast space. So I think typically what we see is, you know, it, it um, it, adoption comes in waves. And so as we continue to see a uh, higher propensity of Hispanics consuming podcasts as a medium, um, but we need to invite them in. And for that, there needs to be a lot more content. Um, so that that's what I would love to see. And then just from the perspective of, you know, kind of the stories that I personally like to listen to about triumphs and women in business, you know, being badasses. Oh, I don't know if I can see that, but um <laughs> you know, just kind of founding their own companies, but also hearing about their stories of failure um, because we don't hear about that too often and just kind of understanding their journey and that, again, they were able to take risks, but they did fail along the way and, and you know, understanding the dynamics of that to, to then leverage that to keep going and, and growing. And um, so that's what I would like to see. Yeah, just to, just to piggyback on that, yeah, I totally agree with you, Christina. I would just like to see more representation of the world as a whole, like diverse voices and unique points of view. I'm, I like storytelling podcasts. I'm, I'm, that's what I listen to more than interview podcasts. And to me, it just seems like there's so many rich, incredible, unique stories out there. And I think bringing in points of view that aren't in the mainstream can only make the space better and create connection between people you know like stories from women in you know in china and india and you know paraguay like wherever i want to hear what is what is life like there yeah i think um 
I, I'm not sure if, if you all watch Queer Eye, but I am a big fan, big, big fan. I feel like what that show did for TV, we need that in podcasts. Like we, we need, to Stephanie's point, more content that connect people from around the world, from different backgrounds, from different struggles that they've gone through and bring that human experience to um, just to show that we're all human, that we all go through some of the very same things, even when we don't speak the same language, when we don't, you know, we come from very diverse backgrounds. Um, so yeah, just to, to echo on Stephanie's point, I, I would love to see something like that in podcasts. Uh, something interesting or that you might find interesting, Christina, I know that you had mentioned um, wanting more Latina voices and Latina stories, which I'm I'm totally on board. I definitely think that we need more representation from people of color. But uh, we recorded an episode of On the Mic about the history of podcasting. And during my research for that, I learned that I believe it was Argentina, uh, Chile, and Mexico are like the fastest growing uh, areas for podcast listenership. So like there are people out there who want these stories. Like I'd love to encourage people that the listeners are there. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I have my list of Spanish podcasts that I listen to and geek out on as well. And, um, you know, history podcasts that are based in Mexico. Um, one of the represent the dollop, they actually, one of their, their show in Mexico and it's called El Dollop um, is, is taking off as well. Um, and of course, you know, Wonder Our International Strategy has been really strong and growing specifically in the United States dimension. So yeah, I think it's just a matter of time, but we kind of, we got to speed up that timeline and get more people in and, and um, you know, more hosts and top podcasts of that background. What advice would you give to these exact people that you're, you're talking about? So people of color from different nationalities, et cetera, if they do want to break into the podcast space, what, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, I think like I was talking about earlier, what's so cool about podcasting is it is a, you know, you, you can do it yourself. You don't need super expensive equipment. You don't, you know, there are, there are trials uh, for editing equipment, you know, for editing uh, software programs. I think, I mean, I wear glasses this all the time. Just do it and be willing to fail. Know that the first piece you do, it's not going to be perfect, you know, like, you know, you're not going to sit down at a piano and be Mozart the very first try, you know, like, and I also think just immersing yourself in the type of podcast you love can help you break down what works and what you like and format and then figure out how to turn it on its head and blaze a new trail. Um, but like, seriously, I mean, I did, if I can do it by myself, I'm not technically inclined to, you know, like, I just feel like I know that like, perhaps people think like if they, you know, if they don't have money, well, I don't know if I can do it, but I think there there's pretty cheap entry points, you know, like it doesn't have to be expensive equipment. It still sounds pretty good. As long as you go in your closet, don't go in a big echoey room with hardwood floors and windows. <laughs> but yeah, I would love it. <laughs> we actually gave that as a word of advice for folks who, um, you know, maybe looking to start podcasts. This was several episodes back we mentioned like if you are podcasting from home use your closet full of clothes to dampen some of the sound exactly. it works even Ira Glass does it <laughs> yeah. 
I think uh, also knowing your audience, in addition to what everything that Stephanie said, I think it's really important to have that clear vision of, you know, what, you know, crafting your story. What do you want that to be? Is it just for personal? Is it just kind of like a side project? Is it fun? Or is your goal ultimately to monetize it and break into the market in a big way? So having that clear vision and also understanding, like I said, understanding your audience, what makes it special? You know, of course, through those trial and errors in the beginning, like you start to learn who your core audience is, why they come back over and over, what they like, what they don't like, and then understanding all the data points behind them. What, you know, what gender do they skew, um, age, income, like all of that. So trying to understand that and continue that. But again, I think starting from the place of what is your ultimate goal with with storytelling um, and starting from there. What about for podcasters who are looking to monetize their show? Do you have any advice for them? Yeah, absolutely. Just to kind of continue what I was previously saying, knowing your audience, once you get your show to a certain size where you want to start, you know, reaching out to advertisers and um understand your audience the same way that an entrepreneur who's looking to grow their business and who is about to pitch to investors needs to know their core consumer. A podcaster needs to know their audience. Um, Where do they shop? What brands do they buy? Do they care about the environment? Why do they love your show and what keeps them coming back? Um, Even something like how many ads is the threshold before they start complaining? Um, understanding all those dynamics is going to be able to craft your story and you're going to be able to explain to advertisers why your audience is so special what's your competitive advantage and being able to bring that to them say look we did all the research here's all these data points from my community who's loyal who comes back every single week and this is why i can connect your brand to them and they will become consumers of your product so really honing in on that aspect and like looking at it as a business um, will go a very long way for, for podcasters who are looking to, to generate revenue. That's a really, that's, that's a, that's a really good point, Christina. I think too, now that I'm thinking about it content wise, don't just go, well, I want to make a podcast. What should I make a podcast about? What are you passionate about? Because that's where you can bring something to the space, you know? Guys, thank y'all so much for joining. I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation and I, I think that this is a, I think that this is a great conversation to be having at the time that we're in right now. And I just really appreciate y'all's insight. Yeah. Thank you. This is really fun. Thank you so much for having us. I mean, it's been so much fun. I feel like we can, you know, keep talking about the conversation and there's so much, so many elements to it, but just thank you so much for reaching out and for inviting us to be a part of it because it's definitely an important one to, to continue to, to keep having. So we're excited about, you know, everything that Ad Results is doing. And as always, thank you so much for being amazing partners. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe for updates on future episodes and leave us a comment with your feedback, questions, or ideas for future segments. If you would like more info on Ad Results Media and what we do, please visit us online at adresultsmedia.com. This podcast is an Ad Results Media production. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content, so you can just focus on being awesome. 
And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.